And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, before we start the show today, I just wanted to let you know about a new partner we have here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. We are now brand ambassadors for Web Western Apparel. That's webwestern.com, W-E-B-B-W-E-S-T-E-R-N.com. Go check out their stuff. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Hats, shirts, all kinds of goodies. If you go there at checkout, Put in promo code BOOTS21, that's B-O-O-T-S-2-1. Again, BOOTS21 at checkout. You will get 10% off your entire order. Don't miss out on these opportunities. It's absolutely fantastic what they're doing. Again, thank you, Web Western. BOOTS21 is their promo code, webwestern.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers, everyone. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. It is August 1st already. Damn, summer's going by too fast, folks. But um, we're kicking off double shot episodes for the month of August here with Caroline Kidd. Huge honor to have her on today. Today is August 1st. On Friday, she releases a new tune called Whiskey Lies. We have the honor and privilege to get a little bit of a sneak peek with it. You're not going to want to miss this song, dude. I'm telling you, it's absolutely incredible. Caroline's voice, it's so raw and authentic in such a powerhouse that it's, uh, it's actually taking words out of my mouth right now because I don't know what to say. I can't even describe her sound or her voice because it's, there's no words that give her sound justice. Um, it's very, it's very mature. It's very powerful. It's, it's one of those voices that, you know, even without a band, if she was just singing, you know, no instruments behind it and you heard her, you would stop and go, what was that? Because it's like, it's so extreme and so powerful and so almost, not almost, it is an instrument of its own, right? You know, the voice is an instrument of its own and she takes her instrument and puts it on a, on a level that most, if not all, are not on. Um, you know, for an independent artist, she is, I hate to say it, but she's getting overlooked and it's a shame. But I, you know what? Whiskey Lies, I think, is going to be something. Um, and I say overlooked, and that's not fair because she's been featured in the boot. She's been featured on other, um, you know, country music entities that, you know, have a lot of clout, you know. But I think this, I think this Whiskey Lies tune is, is kind of 
going to really get that that wheel rolling for Caroline Kidd, you know, where it's going to be unstoppable for her because, one, she deserves it, and two, she deserves it, <laughs> honestly. I think those are the only words I can say. So a big thank you to Caroline for coming on the show. A big thank you to Jeff McMahon for introducing us and helping get this episode done. Um, you know, Jeff came to me with Caroline quite a while ago and um you know it from the first time i heard her voice saying it was like absolutely i need to i need to talk to this young lady so sit back relax enjoy the show thank you again so much for everybody for tuning in if you're new to the show go follow us on all of our social medias instagram facebook uh is it twitter anymore or it's x or whatever um we're on threads we're on tiktok you know we're on like everything Everything you would want, we are on it. Um, so yeah, thank you again so much for tuning in. Without further ado, our conversation with the ever so wonderful, ever so lovely Caroline Kid. Hello, hello. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and joining me on a on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no, this is great. This is what I like to do with my weekends is work on the music project. So this is you know, fun. Me too, like so much. I just I just wish I had more weekends. Hey, amen to that. Yeah. So, you know, um, like I said to you earlier, you know, this is about you. I'm going to let you kind of, you know, tell your story and let you go and ramble, say whatever the hell you want, do whatever you want, you know, whatever. Um, I will kind of preempt you we are having some weather here uh and we lose connection send you the link back and we can jump back in <laughs> okay cool sounds good all right um so yeah go ahead tell us tell us who you are what your story is what you're doing how you got here you know the whole nine yards yeah totally uh well uh, my name is caroline kidd and I'm originally from Iowa. I lived out in Oregon for a few years and then moved to Nashville seven years ago. Um, and I bought a guitar on my way down to the city knowing that I wanted to do music, but I wasn't exactly sure how I would do it. Um, so I started just going to writer's rounds and figuring it out. And it took me a little bit of time to get off the ground, but um, I released my debut EP um, during year six, they say it's a 10 year town. So I always try to calibrate between where <laughs> and then how many years, um, I am to 10, but on year six, I, um, released my debut EP, um, just self-titled and I write country music that, um, you know, is honest and hopefully easy listening and a bit personal, but also a bit philosophical and, um, hopefully fun. For people that are listening to it, I mean, I I absolutely love everything you've you've done and put out to date. You know, I think you. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. I think you know, I think you're spot on with the with the type of country music you put out. You know, it's it's unique in that sense of uh, this is gonna probably sound bad, but like it's unique in its authenticity, if that makes sense. Um, you know, to me, I don't. I don't see a lot of country artists putting out a ton of things that are, you know, truly authentic, you know, and as that sound as good as you do. If, oh, you know. gosh, thank you so much. I mean, it's, it really is a labor of love. I think I, 
I feel like I'm anti-machine yeah. on country music. And it's like, I, but not that I don't love things that have come out of the machine. So I feel like I'm always kind of at war with wanting to make sure that something sounds country enough that people will recognize it in the genre, but also feels authentic enough um, that I'm telling a story that it isn't someone else's version of my truth. Sure. Right. You know, it's, it's funny you talk about the machine because it's one of those things where, you know, people like you and, and others in, in the, you know, the same circle that you are, you know, I think it's your time where it's, you know, you can, you know, part of my French, but, you know, tell the machine to fuck off, you know, and, <laughs> and get this done your way. Gosh, well, you know, it's hard. Like, I love the machine. Yeah, of course. So, you know, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the push and pull. But, um, but I also love the way that it evolves. Yeah. And listening new, listening to new voices. I love, I love what I'm listening to, um, you know, some country discovery playlist. And I go, I've never heard this voice and the way that this person is telling a story is so unique to me. And it just gives me the chills and gives, fills me with the Nashville spirit all over again. He has a spirit to Nashville, you know, oh. like a hundred percent, you know, and it's so, now it's so different, you know, it's, you know, 10 years ago, you would have gotten just the, you know, country pop out of it. But now I think it's starting to, to shift finally back to that, you know, to the roots. I think so as well. Uh, we're hearing a lot more steel guitar. I think we flirted with, um, you know, seeing how poppy we could get. But at the end of the day, you know, when you see country music live, it feels so good to have the full instrumentation, uh, you know, and the strings and the steel guitars. And um, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's some folkiness that when we when we shake that, we lose kind of the the groundedness that makes country feel so unique and so lovable. Right. You know, it's, you know, I, I always say country music is very uniquely American, you know, where, you know, you get that, you know, that struggle to it, you know, you get that authenticity to it. You get the, you know, the steel guitars, you get the, the fiddle, you know, like Cody Johnson always says, you know, you, you're not a country band unless you have a fiddle in your band, you know, and I, I, you know, to me, I'm kind of old school and I, I kind of agree with that, you know, but yeah, outside of that, there's also the storytelling aspect of it. Yes. Um, in the stories, like, yeah, that's, that's the part that's just so American to me. You know, I'm, I'm, from, like I said, I'm from Iowa. And so I've always kind of wrestled with like, you know, I think it took me a couple of years to get comfortable really identifying as a country artist, because I think that's associated with twang and dirt on the boots and uh, more of like cowboy culture. Um, and that's not that while it has definitely, that culture has definitely influenced country music. I still feel so tied to country music. Um, and that's driving through gravel cornfields. Um, but there's stories happening, you know, in all these different parts of America and those stories need to be told, you know, they're not just, uh, trucks and dirt they could be a vw beetle and yeah. <laughs> and a dramatic night at um at the mall movie theater <laughs> yeah 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 so when you left iowa to go to nashville what made you decide to do that 
Um, I actually left Iowa to go to Oregon. Uh, so I went to school out there and then spent a couple years finding myself. Um, I left Oregon to go to Nashville because I felt like I had been a performer my whole life and I was done with college and spat back out into the real world. And all of my performing opportunities had kind of dried up. It was like karaoke or the occasional national anthem. And I just, it just really didn't um, sit well with me. It scared me that um, thinking that the best performing years were behind me. So I was like, I think I need to figure out how to write songs. And I don't know who's going to help me do that or how that's going to happen. And so I left Portland thinking I would go to New York, but I ended up visiting some buddies in Nashville um, and sleeping on their couch for a couple of weeks. And I, and I went to an open mic night and it was, it was Jed's open mic night when the back when they still did that with Lightning 100. And uh, I, I saw just this you know, turnstile of musicians coming through. And I thought that if I went to an open mic night in Nashville, it would be like, you know, it'd be Carrie Underwood after Carrie Underwood after Jason Aldean, you know, and like only the cream of the crop. And while there was some incredibly talented musicians, there was a lot of variety and a lot of variety in both genre and skill level and demographic. And I thought, you know, these people just all, the thing they had in common is that they all looked like they were having a great time doing it and they all respected mm. each other's journeys. And I thought, you know what? I don't have to be scared of Nashville being Music City. Maybe I could be a part of it like these people. So. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I, you know, I thank you for correcting me because I thought you had gone from Iowa to Nashville and then went to Oregon and then decided to go oh back. Oh, my God. You're so fine. It's so hard to keep up with everyone. Everyone's <laughs> moving all over these days. Oh, and my God. I, it, I ran through that intro really fast. <laughs> don't worry no, about it's, it. it's totally, totally all right. It's totally okay. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you had said, you know, a few minutes ago that you kind of wrestled with, you know, identifying as country music. What did you, what did you see yourself before you, you know, kind of was like, you kind of were like, all right, I'm country music. Uh, yeah, well, I, I thought maybe for a while, like I would, I did a little pop project, okay. um, the artist named Prey Rain, which is very fun, very synthy and electro, um, dancey. I, and I wrote kind of more maybe like indie Americana style songs at first. And then I felt like I was like hiding from the thing that I wanted most, which is to be a part of the country music industry. And the longer I wrote with other songwriters in Nashville, the more I really fell in love with the country songwriting format. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said earlier, I feel this push and pull from like the big machine of country music um, because I, there's so many things that I love about it that it just, it gives me, um, you know, it gives me a tingly feeling that I'm just like, oh, this is exactly where I want to be. But at the same time, I feel pulled by some other influences. So I hope that comes through my music, but um, it was, it manifested a hesitation at first to really commit. I think sometimes people look at, you know, a big mountain and they get pretty high up and they go, you know, the views are just as good from here. And yeah. so then they kind of stop. And I, and I've done, I've tried to do that before, but then I'll spend a little time on a plateau and I'll go, you know, I never really went the full distance. And so, you know, country music, being a part of country music is really what I want to do. Um, I just, I'm so inspired by the musicians in that genre. So I'm trying to be more honest with myself and just chase it. That's awesome. That's great. You know, I think, I think the way you're doing it, you know, and I, 
I got to admit, this, you're the first artist I've ever had, had on here that I've that I kind of know the background on only because of our connection to Jeff McMahon. And I watched and listened oh. to your um, Man on Keys episode, which was absolutely fantastic. Oh, cool. Um, Thank you for yeah, listening to that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, you know, Jeff had come to me and was like, you know, you have to have, you know, Caroline on. And I was like, all right, like not even a, not even a question in my, in my brain. Uh, oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, listening to your story there and then hearing it now firsthand, it's it's quite remarkable what you've been able to do and how you've been able to do it successfully. It's been fun um, <laughs> discovering discovering um, you know what resources are out there. I don't feel um, I feel lucky that I have passion. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the most important ingredient in anything. And every day I wake up and, you know, feel gratitude for having a hunger. Um, but I don't feel like, it, you know, I certainly can't take credit for everything that's that's gone on. I've had, a, you know, a lot of wonderful people help me out along the way. And I'm still going to need help in the future. I still feel like I'm, you know, searching for my people and my tribe. But, um, yeah, I one thing that's occurred to me and that I will probably, you know, almost say it every time I get a chance to is that um, music is really a team sport. And that is something I did not know about music. That's something that made music really scary to me before yeah. moving to Nashville is that I thought that you had to be able to do it all. Um, and sure. you don't, everybody wants to collaborate in the, coll- there's the art in the collaboration. And so um, it, it's very, it's nice of you to say, you know, all the success, but I feel like I'm, I'm, just I'm lucky to have the passion and I feel like there's um I've been lucky to meet some really good people who've lent me their talents so that I yeah. can put things you know where I want to go right so when you get to Nashville right what is what is the first thing you do like did you have you know a plan I know you had said you'd stayed at people's houses or you know places or whatever but did you have a plan once you made Nashville home or was it just a let's see how this goes Oh, I got a job. That is, I went on Craigslist right away. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, some people move here um, to go to school or they move here um, in their very early 2013 sometimes. And I was moving here in my mid 20s and I was broke in Portland and I didn't want to be broke in Nashville too. I was like, I need to stop this, this habit. So um, yeah, you know, one thing about one thing about um, kind of my journey that I is a choice that I made is that early on I decided that I would either I kind of saw a fork in the road and either I would take a right and get a restaurant job and my time. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. would be a lot more flexible. I'd be in more control of that yeah. um, at first. Um, and then I could, cause that would kind of be my currency or um, I could get a job and take the scenic route and learn more about this city and save up some money um, because that I could actually maybe work with a better producer or take some guitar lessons. And, you know, when I moved to town, I had never written a song. I had not played guitar. So I was starting from scratch. So I 
thought, you know what, maybe I should be patient. I don't have to, I don't have to get a number one this year, considering I've never written a song. So I kind of humbled myself and uh, tried to just learn about this city. And I feel like I've been able to fall in love with it, you know, both as a, um, you know, a music town, but also it's a very exciting time to be in Nashville from a business standpoint too. There's just so many, you know, big companies moving here, like Amazon's moved their second headquarters. There's a lot of resources for startups. Like we're starting to see Nashville be, um, you know, on the map for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I can't believe you went to Nashville with more or less zero, like nothing, like no, <laughs> no, you know, it, not, not that you had, didn't have it, but like no music, no, no music background more or less and have come this far and have, you know, done so much. That's, that's unheard of. Oh, I mean, you know, there's something romantic about it, but I was just feeling like a washed up choir kid at that <laughs> point. And I thought, you know, I think, I think my people might be here. I just need to find them. But, you know, I, I like, I think those, I, I, you know, I feel like I actually have heard of, you know, artists moving to town and sleeping in their car and really, you know, trying to grind it out so they can, so they can make it to the top. And those success stories, I think, kind of romanticize the idea of coming to this town and making something from nothing. But uh, yeah, I, I would not say that moving here uh, was maybe financially the best decision for me at the time <laughs> since recovered. But, you know, you, you have to you have to take some risks. I, yeah, I, I miss being that young and wild and free sometimes yeah you know it's i think about it all the time you know i'm i'm getting closer to 40 than i'd like to admit to and i think about it all the time about if i would have just known or had like a hunger for something like i do now in my 20s holy shit i'd probably be a million oh don't you know what here first of all the older we get we have to be proud of ourselves for surviving Oh my god! <laughs> Think of all those near-death experiences. We're like, oh man, that really turbulent flight. <laughs> like, you made it. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that crazy snowstorm you had to drive through. You made it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I I think that that's something that we have to change um, from a narrative standpoint uh, about being thinking that passion in when we're young is is um the only way to really make it i i think yeah it doesn't make sense to me and 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 so i felt like you know there's times when i'll be in a co-write with someone who's 10 years younger than i am <laughs> and it's a little bit humbling but at the same time i i don't want that to make me feel like my time has passed and your time certainly hasn't passed you know you're growing this podcast and and you're networking the country music world and we've got to believe that the yeah. best is yet to come you know it's funny you say that because it's like i stop and i think about it right and i at this point i've i'm two years into this and you know i started this when i was 34 i had more or less a one-year-old and i was like you know what i'm bored let's see if, <laughs> let's see if i can if if this is something and honestly i didn't think it was going to be and then it, it was like wildfire you know it just you, you hit the right note or whatever it's you know things happen and i gotta say like when it comes to ambition i have more ambition and desire at 36 than i did ever at 25 26 20 for anything yes 
And, and shouldn't it be like that? You know, you've had more time to see how much potential you have. Right, right. And it's like, you know, I used to think, you know, 36, almost 40 was, was like, you might as well pack it up because, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. the, the Reaper's coming for you. But I, ha- I you know, I, I just feel like there's just so much time, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah, we have. Now I watch. I say that, and I'm gonna fucking get hit by a car on my when I walk out the door this afternoon. And... Well, you know what? There are worse ways to go. I guess. And I guess. and you and if you die today, you died on a great day. We're gonna have a great podcast right. episode. And right. I'll make sure I put it all together so it will release on time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's bring that oh, back. Yeah, I don't... Dark. Right. Ah, so. Uh, can you tell your Jeff McMahon story for, you know, my audience and this audience that don't know it? Um, because I think it's, I didn't know it until I heard it on his podcast. And I think it's, I think it's great. You know, I, it's, and I think it speaks to that, you know, go get them attitude. So do you mind telling that story? Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was 2019. Um, I was just, you know, out and about networking on the songwriter scene, as one does, as one should. And I went to a panel discussion that was hosted at BMI, um, and Jeff happened to be on this panel. And I didn't really, you know, think anything of this event other than thinking I would hopefully meet a couple of songwriters. Um, And I don't even remember who else was really on the panel, but it was a discussion about how to, you know, it, it was for songwriters to think about how to level up in their career or something along those lines. And a lot of the advice coming off of the panel was just so far above my head as someone who was just getting started. It seemed like it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a mismatch for the audience and some of these responses from some of these guys who were, you know, lucky to have been very successful. And I think right. most of the audience was, um, like just trying to take, you know, just trying to take nothing and turn it into something. And um, Jeff's advice was a lot more holistic. And so he really stood out to me on the panel, just the way that he uh, talked about getting your mindset right and um, really focusing on relationships. And I thought, you know what, this guy might just be crazy enough to take a meeting with me. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him how much I appreciated what he had to say. So I uh, slid into his DMs on Instagram and uh, asked him to go out to lunch. And uh, we did. So or I maybe asked for coffee. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but yeah, we went out and we met up and I was so nervous, you know, to, to meet him because Jeff McMahon, um, I guess we haven't covered maybe who he is, but if you don't know him, you should, he played, um, keys for Tim McGraw for 18 years. And so he, and he'd, you know, played with other artists for years before that. So he's got about 30 years of, you know, institutional knowledge about what it's like to really be deeply ingrained in the Nashville music industry and in country music in particular, he's just seen a lot, you know, you cannot, uh, replace experience no. and um I just thought that was I thought it'd be really valuable just to have someone be candid he's not trying to Im- impress anybody with his information he just cares a lot about people doing things um in a way that's authentic to them and you know that makes the industry better for what it is you know he's yeah. very about giving back so I really liked his tone and uh, we had lunch and 
I just kind of, you know, told him my story and he was really supportive and even showed up at one of my shows after that. And I was like, wow, I, I wouldn't have expected him to do that. And so we got lunch a couple more times and it's just turned into a full on friendship um, where I call him, you know, probably a couple times a month at least. And I'm always checking in on him and he's helped me figure out um, how to bring this Caroline kid um, you know, live show to life. And he was instrumental in helping me with my, um, you know, the, the success of my first tour, which I went on last fall. He even came on the road with the band. Um, and he's just a source of advice and, um, he's been a really important part of my music journey here in Nashville. That's awesome. You know, Jeff, Jeff is probably one of the most genuine, authentic people I have ever met, especially do, you know, even, that's outside of this, inside of this whole thing. Like, he is the real deal, you know, and he's, you know, I know he's going to text me when this comes out after he listens to it and be like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> thanks, but, you know, it's not, <laughs> I'm not right. that great, you know, because that's trap, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> he, might try to, he might try to downplay it, but I don't care. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, you know, I tell <laughs> You know, I think I was listening to your episode or somebody else's episode, and I texted him. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it's like there's so much about you." And he's like, "I guess," you know, just kind of like you know, very, you know, nonchalant about it. And I was like, "Dude, if I was you, I'd be like, don't you know who I am?" <laughs> you know, but you know, that's I think that's the beauty of of Jeff that he's not like that at all. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one thing that also even speaks to a greater piece of Nashville, where it's like, you know, people fall into this because they genuinely love music, and that doesn't stop. No. Um, and so you're able to kind of make friends with people at any age, at any level of, you know, professionalism here. There's this kind of culture of welcoming and understanding, uh, you know, that we all are, have fallen in love with the same thing that he really embodies in, in, in the best way. Yeah. Now, let me, well, I want to touch upon that, you know, the tour and that sort of thing. Now, you said you did a tour in the fall of last year. Where did that take you? I went um, around the Midwest. So I called a couple friends that were within driving distance of um, my hometown in Des Moines and asked for some recommendations of what are some of the best venues in their area to catch, you know, up and coming, you know, new artists like myself. And I, I got some, I met some incredible people through that process. Um, yeah. So I started out in Appleton, Wisconsin and I played a couple shows there, which was awesome. And then, um, they've got such a cool music culture up there in Appleton uh, every summer they put on the mile of music festival and welcome hundreds of independent artists to go up there and, perform and it was really fun to be in Appleton and spend I mean I was there for three or four days and just meeting a lot of people and drinking some great beer some spotted cow and making some cheese curds in backyards I mean we really had a good time um but I just I everyone that I talked to um was telling me about this Milo Music Festival and how much they love local music up there so that was that was a really special start to it um then I went down to um Des Moines, where I'm from, uh, the Des Moines area, and got to do a family and friends show um, at this incredible venue that was a, a renovated firehouse, and the sound there was so good. Um, it was a truly a magical experience. Then went through Iowa City, 
um, and played El Rays, which I know a lot of people in Nashville will probably know. They they funnel a lot of Nashvilleians through there, um, and that was a great time. And then I ended the tour um, in Joliet, Illinois, um, at the Chicago Street Pub. So it was uh, five dates in one week, and you know, for a first time touring, um, it was it was a lot to coordinate. You know, I did. Yeah. I'm doing this myself. You know, I didn't have any real help putting this together. So I was kind of tested on on my uh, my coordinating abilities. I remember there was one day that I had accidentally booked three different hotel rooms for the night <laughs> and I spent like an hour and a half on, on hold with like um, I don't know it was a hotline trying to trying to cancel them and you know finagle my way out of customer service but getting to go around to these uh, you know smaller communities that maybe aren't country music focused and just getting out of Nashville to connect with people who were just excited to have live music um, you know in their town and excited to support their friends and friends with keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers friends and um, it was absolutely electric. I'm so excited um, to get back on the road. I don't have dates right now. I've been really busy and kind of gearing up for my next promotion cycle, but there's just, um, the, the, it really reinvigorated my excitement for what this career can become. Yeah. Now, do you have places that you want to go to, um, you know, that you think would ultimately really kind of be that jumping off point where it's like okay these are these places are really helping me get you know my brand out there to an to an audience that appreciates it you know maybe a little more than say you know somewhere else you know what i mean and i and i mean that with no disrespect but you know there's there's obviously markets that you know you'll you'll succeed really well in and then there's other markets that you know you'll have success but not like somewhere else um, now, so, yeah, I completely understand your question. You know, I mean, like uh, my audience and Jimmy Buffett's audience are different. Right. <laughs> we're like on a cruise ship somewhere. And, uh, I don't think that's maybe, you know, probably the first round draft of where I would book my next tour, but, <laughs> right. Um, right. you know, my mind goes two places. Um, with that definitely, um, you know, back to Iowa would love to spend more time there. Um, you know, just because that's where I'm from and I spent a lot of time there, but also I spent some good years in Oregon. And so kind of between Iowa to Oregon, which is a vast, vast expanse, but there's a lot of country out there and it's not, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that love country music out there, but there's a different um, element to the country music out there. It's a lot more about adventure, I feel like, than it is about, you know, there's not red dirt out right. in Colorado and Wyoming. Um in the same way that there is in Southern Georgia. So I think that, you know, for me, my music is very much inspired by the time that I've spent exploring the States. And I just am absolutely in love with the West. I love spending time in Colorado. I have family there. Um, I went on an incredible big road, you know, weeks long road trip um, 
during the summer of 2020 and got to see, you know, South Dakota and Wyoming and Idaho. And it was just so inspiring. I would love to get to be in some of those places that I consider to be the most beautiful and, um, you know, get to share my music there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So have so have you not been up to New England yet? I haven't been up there yet. Oh, we got to get you up here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've maybe visited a couple of people, but I haven't done enough time. Like, it's like I've, I've popped into like Portland, Maine for a weekend, but it was like quick, you know, a quick and dirty trip. Yeah. I went yeah. To a friend in like Long Island in New York, but, you know, just kind of like I haven't done. There's a lot of, you know, just getting in the car and going that I haven't done. So, yeah, anytime. I would, be, I would love to come out there and see y'all. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we got some, we know some folks. So maybe we'll okay. uh, we can send over your stuff and be like, you got to get together. Um, hey, don't tap for the good time. Yeah, right, right. Um, now, for your, you know, for what you have, you know, because if you're like most artists, you know, you have the next couple of years or whatever you know kind of if not planned but definitely brainstormed in your head right Mm -hmm. now what does that look like for you what is your ultimate goal you know say in the next couple of years for for what you're doing whether musically or you know live show you know what what are some things that you hope to see happen definitely more touring um you know either linking up with other artists or just, you know, finding some people that can help me, you know, expand, expand my reach. Um, this next season is about trying to get something to light on fire, trying yeah. to get something to, to really take off. And I think I've got a, I'm sitting on um, a next batch of songs that I, that grow the sound and they put it a little bit more in that center fields country. And I think that's going to um, give this project some momentum that it's looking for. But yeah, it's about getting momentum. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of looking like six months to a year out. Um, sure. I'm really hoping that next summer I can spend a lot of time on the road. But you know, like this whole thing has been a learning experience. I don't have these systems on on lockdown yet, so everything still feels very new, even though it's been a lot of cool early wins. Um, right. On- Right. So in, in your time of doing this, what are some of those, you know, cool early wins that, you know, you, you think have that you consider to be, you know, those those jumping off points from when you started to where you are now to where you're going? Yeah, um, well, the tour was definitely one, um, you know, just getting to flex those muscles and do and getting to really connect with the music community and not just the artist community here in Nashville. That was um, that was really wonderful. But um, I also w- was fortunate to get some early media attention um, for my EP. It was supported by um, CMT and ACM and Music Row and E-Magazine and a couple cool logos um, that really gave me a vote of confidence that I was looking for. So how did that happen? Uh, well, I found a good PR team. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to find people that are going to be on your team and I think be practical about it right. as well. You know, um, but the, these media outlets, they make choices, you know, they don't have to support my music and not, certainly not so many. So it felt really good to get the early adoption 
Um, but I, I absolutely believe in asking for help. You know, if I, you can't just expect, um, you know, someone to reach down and pull you up when you don't have much of a track record to show for it and you're trying to build up your own. So there, there's kind of a catch-22 there, but I definitely believe in asking for help. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the beauty of it, you know, especially in this industry where, you know, everybody is, you know, at least on the music aspect of it, you know, it seems like everybody's willing and wanting to, you know, kind of help each other out. I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I get a lot of shit for it, but like the coverage, you know, the um, the news outlet side of it isn't always like that, you know, especially in this realm of country music. And I find it very interesting. Yeah. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking about when you say that? Like, you know, for for people that kind of do what what I do and, you know, others that also cover, you know, country music news, you know, there's very, you know, the outlets are very apprehendable you know and apprehensive to collab on anything you know because they're so you know there's there's always that one article or that one interview away from you know being the top dog right and I think it's you know I think because what we do is so you know everybody gets the same news right and it's all how you how you spit it out there so and everybody has their own brand and um you know, it's just, yeah. I think it's just one. some people out there that don't want to piss off the establishment. There's people out there that, <laughs> you know, like me, that don't care much about the establishment, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah. It, it, getting, getting messaging to be uh, correct <laughs> and feel, you know, it, it's so interesting just trying to make sure that your messaging is something that you would be totally fine hearing about 10 years from now <laughs> in the future right. when you had totally forgotten that you said something. Uh, this, yeah, media is a weird beast. Um, it is. I hope that I'm not saying anything that I regret right now. You know, <laughs> you're always kind of a little bit on edge <laughs> as you, as you think about that. Um, as you think about trying to, you know, put your best foot forward and, um, and even, you know, putting your best foot forward isn't always what people want to report on. And that's just kind of the way that it goes. Right. Right. You know, there's, there's times where it's like, no, I don't, I don't want to cover what Sam Hunt is doing, you yeah. know, but it's, I know it's going to get the attention. It's, oh, it's yeah. not, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, do you ever have that, inner battle with yourself with your music where you're like I really like this song I like how it sounds but I have this other song that is a little more you know quote-unquote radio friendly so if I want to you know maybe it's better for me to push that career-wise than to not you know have you ever had that kind of struggle absolutely yeah um I mean yeah there's like one of my favorite songs on my EP is called weather and it's yeah. so not country, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very produced on the EP, which I love the way the production turned out. But when I play it live, I, it's just me and a guitar and this little guitar lick that I play for the entire song. And that song is one of my favorite songs I've ever written, but there's no way that that was going to be the lead single. That's not the kind of song that I wanted to build my, the foundation of my career on, but I was happy that I was able to sneak it on there. You have to you do have to think about what giving the people what they want. And I tell you what, I love going to a good show. 
I love when a, when a when someone really understands how to make a stage come to life. And there's a lot of stages, you know, you and I are on a stage right now. And so right. we have to kind of think about, um, you know, the satisfaction of putting on a great show for me is always going to outweigh what I selfishly think that people are going to want to like wow. or what I want people to like. That's wow. That's that's interesting. You say that. I like that. You know, because I, I don't know if it's just my ego or my my, you know, whatever it is about me. Um, I don't think about those things. I don't, you know, I don't really, you know, especially when I do these shows, right? I don't necessarily care what the audience thinks about me. It's always about what they think about you. You know, I don't, mm. you know, I have my own opinions and thoughts about things. And, you know, it's, that's why this show is the way it is. You know, it's very conversational. It's very, you know, I've had plenty of shows where I go back and forth with artists about you know things that we don't agree on and i and i love mm-hmm. it yeah you know and it's it makes it authentic it makes it raw it makes it you know it, it puts the person in a human light you know and i don't to me i don't think that you know a lot of interviews and a lot of interview shows allow for that and it's you know to me it's a shame yeah uh yeah being able to hear two people you know go back and forth on ideas you know i think that's why everybody loves joe rogan so much right you know because because there there should be tension in conversations we should learn from each other by disagreeing and um it's i love the podcasting format format because it allows us to enjoy what we did you know it's like you get to enjoy overhearing a conversation at a bar but it's (laughs) but it's a lot cheaper (laughs) and you can do you can do it um you know in the privacy of your own home right right you know it's it's funny because you even mentioned about you know saying something you might regret in 10 years you know or or whatever and it's i i get i get that sentiment i really do i just i wish i had that that thing in my brain that says you know what why don't you think about what you're saying because i don't get at all You know, because there's been times where, you know, I have, I have very publicly, you know, shit on some artists that are coming up that, you know, I ultimately, you know, been like, all right, maybe I was wrong. And, you know, like I, I'll, I'll dial it back and be like, Hey, I was wrong about this, Mm. you know? And it's like, you can like that or not. I, you know, here's my reason why I thought that then. And here's why I thought that now, you know, and it's, you know, so I'm always yeah. just shooting from the, you know, shooting from the hip and, uh, you know, seeing how things go. But, um, well, that's you know, great because, because I, that's the kind of stuff that I like to listen to. It's like one of those things where, like, yeah, maybe, maybe you're shooting from the hip. Maybe, maybe you say something that you don't feel like you wish you would have at some point. But some of us out there sometimes feel like we always want to say the right thing. And yeah. so we'll do it at the expense of being honest from time to time. And it feels good to hear someone like you just call it like it is. Yeah. You know, I, there's, uh, yeah. You know, like there's, I have, I have a lot of opinions, you know, <laughs> and I know, you know, anybody. Now we're going to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan 
Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. That's family or knows me very well that listens to this, you know, going to kind of laugh when they hear that, but it's, it's true. You know, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of opinions on things, and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, that aspect of it, that shoot from the hip, you know, makes, makes me a little bit of a wild card for interviews and that sort of thing but i'm i'm not upset about that either you know i it makes it authentic it makes it you know raw you know i've had plenty of pr teams or management be like hey don't bring this that or the other thing up in your interview and it's like Hmm. okay i won't but if they start talking about it you bet your ass i'm gonna dig yeah you know yeah well i mean that's kind of that kind of comes with the territory any sort of journalism you know you want to be raw Right. Be able to pull that out of people. Yeah. 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 So now with your music, when you're writing it, speaking of being raw and authentic, um, you know, we had talked about your authenticity. Is everything you've written a personal experience or, you know, maybe an experience somebody else has had or some somebody you know has had? Or is it, you know, possibly a, a character you've made up in your mind? You know, how did where do these songs come from? Yeah, uh, there's a piece of me in all of the songs, but I like to weave in some fiction or, you know, an exaggerated version for the sake of, you know, like like the Hollywood edit, like where it's like, yeah, it's a true story, but it's right. so dramatic, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah, yeah. I add, I like to add a little bit of flair and a little bit of drama, but um, I I write songs to process emotions. Sure. So, Every, you know, at the core of every one of my songs, like, um, is something I've really felt. And, you know, sometimes that is, you know, that can be a, a, a pro or a con sometimes, you know, in the songwriting world. Like, I want to keep my ideas pretty close to my chest. If I'm going to the writing room with co-writers, um, it's, you know, not as likely that I'm going to cut a song that didn't come from my idea list because I always want to have that common thread of feeling like, this, you know, the Caroline kid sound is from my heart and not just um, a, you know, not just a quippy double meaning. Um, right. Really, it, it's, it's critical to me that my music is a reflection of what I really think and feel. But sometimes what I think and feel is silly and, and <laughs> um, imaginative. So there's that level to it, too. So if you're listening to my music and wondering, is this a diary? Did this really happen to her? Like... You know, no, not every time. Like static, I write about moving to California and listening to Bruce Springsteen. I I don't really listen to Bruce Springsteen that much, you know. <laughs> and I and I didn't move to California, but I, I loved that uh, the vision of someone that might. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Now, you had touched upon, it and I find it interesting when you do do a co-write with you know somebody else. Do you keep those ideas of you know your your music close to the close to your chest or do you kind of sprinkle in some of that to whatever you're whoever you're writing for it depends on what kind of rapport i have with people like i i have some 
some ideas that are just so, you know, so close to the chest, like that song I mentioned, Weather, um, that I thought this is a song that I can only write. And I think I'd maybe brought it up in a co-write and it was like, you know, maybe, maybe this didn't really stick. No one really wanted to write it or something. And I realized, you know what, it was never meant to be written with somebody else. Sure. Yeah. So it can kind of go either way. Now, do you have, for things that you've written with other people or, or I don't want to say given, but you know, written for somebody else. So there are any songs that have come up that somebody else has either released or about to release that you're like, damn it, I should have, I wish that was, you know, my song rather than, you know, somebody else's. Uh, gosh, you know what? No, but um, there's a song that I wrote with Tom Lorman, who um, is also, he's been a really um, important character in my musical life as well. He's a co-writer on my upcoming release, Whiskey Lies. Um, but he and I wrote a song that he released, and I think it is so fun. Um, it's called All In. And he did it really, he's kind of got a punk rock style to him, which is so not like anything that I am. I'm not a punk rock chick at all. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, kind of like that, yeah, like fast guitars and stuff like that. But I love that song, All In. And I just, I think it might be cool to, to do like an acoustic cover of it sometime. So I think, you know, he'd probably let me do it. I don't know. I should ask him. <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Now, you, you would, but so when this comes out, it'll be the week that Whiskey Lies does come out. Um, yeah. So what what can you tell us about that song, you know, before it hits hits the world on Friday. Yeah, um, this song, it, it, it's old. It's so interesting, you know. Some songs I will write and the, and I'll immediately say, I have to cut this right now. You know, I'm just so excited to put it out in the world. Um, but this song, when Tom Lorman, Brian Alexander, and I wrote this in, believe it or not, 2018, um, it's five years old, uh, we all kind of knew that there was something kind of magic about this song to the effect that I was like, I, at the time I didn't have my country project yet. I wasn't really sure what to do. We thought maybe this would be the kind of song that we could sell to somebody, but it just seemed to have kind of a life of its own. And so I was almost afraid of ruining it by trying to do something with it myself. <laughs> um, but over time, it seemed like it, there was just no way that, um, I couldn't include this in, in my songs because it become really personal. I actually had entered it into the Tennessee Songwriters Week competition at, last year and it and made the semifinals and I got to go perform it at the Bijou Theater in Knoxville. So it's not like it's going to be totally released to the world for the first time, but it's going to be released in, in a way that does it justice. Um, Andrew King at Vibe King Studios, he's done such a good job of helping me. Um, really apply the tracks and production and aesthetic that I'm looking for in my sound. And he really didn't, he really knocked it out of the park on this song. So it's a song that's been, it, you know, it's been around circulating for five years and I've played it out at many shows and I'm not shy about that. I just, I think it's going to be totally different when people hear the recording. Now I got to ask, so you write this song five years ago from, mm -hmm. from that initial completion of the song you know for it to be like ready to go performed whatever you're happy with it to today how much of it has changed whether it's lyrically musically has any of it changed it really it's barely changed oh no shit 
uh, it's just been as is we got we got a demo made a couple months after we wrote it um that sounded sounded pretty good and kind of captured it but it was just it yeah it's got a little bit of like a, a melancholy to it but it also rocks <laughs> and we just kind of always knew that it needed to have that sound so i don't know like i said it's had life of its own that's awesome that's awesome now then that up <coughs> is there parts of the song even you know, even now that it's cut and ready to go and about to be released, do you ever listen to it and go, "I should have said this" or "I should have changed that," or are you like so happy with the way this song is that that's what it is is what it is? So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at TenthWhiskey.com. That's Tenth Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We um. We don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey Podcast sent you. Cheers. Hello. Hey, so sorry. Uh, what was your question again? Um, oh, God, it was a good one, too. Uh Shit. I think it was. I think it was something about had things changed. Oh yeah, yeah. I asked you if things had changed, and you said no. It's pretty much the same. And then I had said, now that it's over and ready to go and ready to be released this week, do you ever go back and listen to it at any point and go, "Damn, I should have said this. I should have done that. You know, maybe I should have changed this word here or there." Or is it you are like so happy with it that you would never change anything about it? Uh, at this, this song is just unique in that I think it's ready. I, I yeah. do. I think it's ready. And I don't feel that way about all my songs. You know, sometimes I have to warm up to the recording and it takes me a, a few days or a few weeks to be like, okay, this is how this song is going to sound because it might be different than what my imagination was, but it usually is better than what my imagination was. It's just like realigning with what I think something should be and sometimes I'll think I'll you know add a lyric or something in the you know in the booth when a song isn't just like sounding full enough or something but Whiskey Lies isn't that it's been it's felt like an airtight song since we wrote it and it's the kind of song that I really am I'm so excited to be talking to you I'm so excited to be promoting it because um, I think it slaps and I am hoping that country music and country music fans will agree I love that you just said, I think it slaps. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's such a, you know, that's just like a, a new terminology. I love it. I love that you said it. <laughs> Maybe I that'll think, be one of I those things it... I regret in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I can't believe I said slaps. What the right. hell was it's that? so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Now, so once this comes out on Friday, what what is your schedule for the next release? Have you even thought about that? Is it, you know, six weeks out? Is it an EP, another EP? Is it an album? Like, what what is your timetable looking like? Yeah, well, I have not to I rush have a couple anything, things, and it works. I'm but... not going to give any spoilers on that because I have a couple things that are uh, balls up in the air that could that could change the direction of what happens next. So, okay. um, but expect to be spinning whiskey lies for a little while. Okay. 
all right. Like a little while till next year, a little while? Probably not till next year. Probably not not all the way to that. Well, you will be. You'll be listening to it. It'll be, yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be as annoying as, I'll be as annoying as Reba McIntyre singing Fancy for the 8,000th time with this song. I'm just kidding. We love Reba. We love, I I was going to say Fancy like, (laughs) but that's fine. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, there's, there's kind of some timeline stuff that I, that I'm working out, but I, I, I want to play the game. Right. You know, and that's the, yeah. that is a challenge in, in this seat right now is the dedication that you have to put around one release. Now it's expected to do it every six to eight times, if you, or six to eight weeks. If you want to go to, if you want to go to war with the Spotify algorithm, allegedly, you know, there's a lot of voices in the music marketing world that are saying you should, you know, like you should definitely keep this momentum. You have to keep your scores up. You got to keep your numbers up. The way to do that is to keep pushing new music. And so, um, you know, I feel conflicted about that as someone who's historically really loved bodies of work from artists I admire. I love the cadence of a good album and I like to, you know, that's how I love to listen to music. I like to burn a CD out <laughs> still um, right. in my car that does not have an aux cable. Um, but what? I, what? Oh, what year truly, do you live in? Uh, well, I'm still living in 2010. <laughs> so that's that's what we're working with over here. But yeah, like the uh, side, but sidebar, but there's like, there's like a free table in my apartment complex and there's a Miranda Lambert CD sitting out on the free table. <laughs> As a Palomino record, which is already my most listened to record, and I freaked out. I was like, "This is awesome!" I like, I was gonna, I needed to buy the CD, and it was, and so now it's like the, I've probably listened to it fifty times in my car, like just instead of the radio CDs. Still great, still hitting the car. Just, just saying, maybe I'm nostalgic, but um, where was I going with that? Something about promotion. It's tough. It takes yeah. a lot of time, um, and it makes you wonder, you know how what you want to care about you know do i do i i think i've felt you know even some uncertainty with whiskey lies being like should i take this song and put everything i have into this one song or should i listen to these voices that i hear on tiktok or reels or on music marketing websites that say you've got to play to the algorithm and keep new 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 coming out always so yeah um i'll keep you posted but i still i've got a couple creative ideas that might take things in a new direction. So I don't want to make any promises I can't keep. No, and that's fine. So that about the algorithm, because I don't know if I'd buy it either, because, you know, there's there's a lot of bands and artists out there that, you know, the mainstream won't doesn't talk about or doesn't promote or doesn't push or, you know, anything like that. And then you see somebody like, you know, while we're talking, you know, it had just come out. But, you know, Coulter Wall just put out a put out an album that, you know, everybody's losing their mind over because he doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. ever yep. put anything out. Well, yeah. not ever, but you know, it's it's very, you know, there's a big gaps and things. And I think that's you know, I think that's true to an extent. You know, obviously maybe when you're first starting out, you know, maybe push things a little harder, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's all based on, you know, your intent and what you want to do and how you want to do it. I think if you really want to take the time and craft something, then you should, you know, screw that six to eight weeks thing and just to put something out, just to put it out. You don't want to do that either. Right. 
yeah it, it's confusing yeah. it's so confusing and it's like i like what I, like i think of some of my fam my favorite artists and like when they drop an album i mean i drop everything i'm doing to immerse myself in that album and like how wonderful would it be to be able to find those fans who feel about music the same way that I do. Right. You know, um, and I'm still, I'm looking for those fans. That's, you know, that's part of my game for this next, you know, forever. But especially for now, as I'm getting, you know, really getting this thing off the ground is like, I've got to find my fans and I'm actually not sure what they prefer. Right. <laughs> you know, well, you, you, know yeah. you were talking about, um, you know, the, the release, and whether it should should be put out or not, you know, and because you've been playing it for so long. I mean, think about it. Taylor Swift has been releasing her own version of albums that we've had for 10 years and people are losing their minds. So, you know, obviously, you know, nothing against you, but obviously it's a much different <laughs> level. Right. But, you know, oh, yeah. people want to hear what they want to hear, you know, and I think I think you have a pretty good pulse on what your fans and what your audience wants to hear and and see and what can you know what, what can really grow from from yeah yeah you know and i think that's that's such a good point ultimately people like things that they like and that they have liked before and so i think that actually kind of helps give a running start to this song people will say yeah. oh i remember when you played this in knoxville at the bijou i you know i remember when you guys wrote it and posted on instagram about it four years ago so right. it's there's people have followed the journey of this song and um i think that maybe you know, maybe that's the hack that I'm looking for is like, let people, let people in on your secret, have them get to know you. If they like it, they'll stay. Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree with that a hundred percent, you know, and if, if they don't, they, you, they weren't, you know, yeah, they weren't, they weren't meant to, to listen really anyway, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. Me too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I, I can't wait for the song to come out this week. I can't wait for, you know, those who haven't heard it to hear it. Um, you know, I can't wait to see what else you come up with, because like I said at the beginning, what you've come up with already is is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. That makes me feel like a million bucks. Um, and just, yeah, the fact that you would listen to it and like it, that's that's all an artist can ask for. You know, yeah, exactly. You know? Um, so because we are obviously the Boots and Whiskey podcast, I have to ask you about your boots and about your whiskey. Mm -hmm. So what you got for me, girl? What do you, what's your, what are your boots? I mean, hell, you might not even wear boots. I don't know. Um, and what is your whiskey of choice? And please tell me you have one because I've asked this now to like the last six guests and they were like, oh, I don't drink. So oh, <laughs> we are living in an era where a lot of people are. Um drinking less i know um it's so, so yeah that is a thing yeah i'm just kind of envious i guess that you know but well, anyway. anyway my boots probably dallas jackson here with tipsy music artists are you tired of getting five dollars to play freebird are you getting fans to engage with your own music venmo and linktree are just temporary solutions until now tipsy music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. 
Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. be honest uh they are they usually have heels but they are a variety of brands um i'm a bit of a shopaholic so i have boots probably for every day of the week nice my best pair of boots is metallic silver and they're like knee-high boots are those like stage boots or are those yeah well i mean (laughs) they they can be everyday boots if you believe in yourself (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, they protect your feet from the ground. I mean, I've worn them. I think I wore them to a holiday party last year or something. You know, they are they're when you really want to have, you know, let people know. Let people know that you're in the room. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and whiskey-wise, gosh, I had, you know, a friend gifted me a bottle of Jefferson Reserve last year that did not last very long. Nice. Um, but you know, I'm kind of more of a scotch girl myself. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Sure. Yeah. I like that peaty smoky flavor. How did, so, how did you, uh, dabble in that sort of world? I don't know. Cause that's, Probably... not, that's not like going from like, Oh, I drink water to, Oh, I drink scotch. You know, it's not that that's a leap. I'm, you know, a couple of ex-boyfriends drank it. So right. anyway. fair enough. <laughs> I guess we don't need to say anymore. Yeah, you know, you know how it is. Um... <laughs> I like how you said a couple. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, it happens. How am I supposed to write songs if I don't have multiple right. ex-boyfriends? You know, exactly. To torment exactly. my heart. <laughs> <laughs> my life, my life singularity is not as in, that interesting without some sort of, you know, heartbreak or idiot. So it's it's great. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess those are, those are my answers, but most of the time I'm, I'm a red wine gal. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. I, I tried to do the wine thing for a while, um, you know, and tried to be like, Oh, well look at this wine and this one. And I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I like it. <laughs> I like wine a lot. Um, but there's yeah. a, you know, Wine drunk is a different kind of drunk than any kind than anything else in the entire world. That is true. That is true. We have to be, honor our brain chemistry and body chemistry and find right. the spirit for us. Yes. Yep. I think one of the last times I had a wine night, I. Uh oh. I could yep. tell you, I. Oh man. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah, I mean, when when. When you say a wine night, I mean, that just says everything. Yeah. It, it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All of it. Yep. Yeah. The night was, sounds like the night was filled. You got to be careful out there. Yeah. I yeah, will not be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I won't be buying you any bottles of wine. Well, I mean, Whis- at least I was home. Only. I was home. So I guess, you know. I That's guess when it's really dangerous. I guess, right? I guess. So yeah. I was going to say, at least it was home. So it was a little better. I don't know if that's true. I don't know that the fact that I was home made it any better. It was just as bad. 
Oh no, that that's when the most brutal ones happen because it you start you just pour it a little bit higher. Right. You lose count. You're like, I'm at home. It's so I'm so glad I stayed in tonight. Right. <laughs> right. Next thing you know, you're like, I think I need to stay in all week and right. every hour because I'm gonna be hungover for ten years. Right. Uh, right. Because you know, I I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing you're you're. I don't want to say in my ballpark, careful. but you're you're right. You're careful, Jim. <laughs> Easy. Um, <laughs> You know, you're definitely a little younger than me. Um, but, you know, as we get older, you know, the, the hangover and the feeling just lasts for days and days. You know, it's brutal. Yeah, it really is. You got to hydrate. You got to you got to space it out. You need you need to honor your temple. You right. Know? Right. You know, I, I can remember, you know, I was in the restaurant industry for, you know, 15 years and it was, you know, I could. I could work a double, drink all night, and then work another double and not even think twice about it. Isn't that now wild? It's, it's unbelievable. Now if, I have <laughs> yeah. a, now if I have like a night of drinking, it's like, a, okay, so we're not going to do this for a while. And by a while, like it's months. Right. Not, you know, oh, next weekend will be fine. Like, no, no, it won't be fine. Part of me is happy to not feel like I need to go out for a drink all the time because I know the effects. Yeah. Part of me does miss being like, let's send it and then have and then have no consequences for my actions. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like absolutely. we get consequences. But um it, you know, I, I do I yeah, I'm probably drinking I'm drinking a lot less uh, than yeah. I did, especially in my early twenties. Yeah. When like, I first you know, moved to Nashville, oh my gosh, just like when oh. you first moved to Nashville or like you're in a, in a town like this, it's just, oh, Broadway will swallow you whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because like people ask me all the time, they're like, oh, you must drink a lot with the whole, all the whiskey you have and all that. I'm like, no, I don't. Like I look at, you know, my bar and I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like I don't even want to like open you or smell you right now because of the last time. <laughs> you go out hard last night or something no not really um not last night but no i we had a couple watching tv but anyway anyway i digress <laughs> yeah, sorry i'll do really <laughs> no it's all right but it's you know or when you know you have like an event coming up where it's like all right i know next saturday because of this that the other we're going hard so it's like i'm not even i'm not even thinking about drinking until then right you know, yeah, you, but anyway, you just gotta be careful. I have totally digressed, which is totally fine. That's um, fine. <laughs> so, Caroline, how do we find you in the world of social media, your music? How, what, do, what do we got to do to, to, yeah, um, please reach out. Um, Instagram is my favorite right now, and then so you're asking how old I am, that probably shows my age a little bit. Mm. Um, but Instagram's I my the, favorite. <laughs> I uh, I probably spend the most time on Instagram. My Instagram handle there is Caroline on the go, C A R O L I N E on the go. Um, but yeah, I, my music is available on all major streaming platforms. Um, so you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, etc. And it, I think it's on YouTube too. So I'm out there. Um, and you know, I'm I'm working on doing some more TikToks and stuff like that. It's another you know thing that comes along with this territory but i don't have like a as of today you're not going to find like 1. million <laughs> views on, <laughs> on on anything i'm putting out there right now um so 
yeah, hit me up on Instagram. Just say hello if you've listened to this. If you've listened to this podcast this far, we're friends now. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much good. for a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Me too. Me too. I love, you know, I really love getting to know, you know, my guests. And, you know, like you said, at this point, you know, we're we're friends. And that's how I, I'll always consider you at this point. You know, and I... Absolutely. I love it. You know, if you're talking to somebody for an hour, you know, there's got to be some sort of connection or desire to, you know, want to talk again. And there is. So I appreciate your time and you coming on and, you know, taking some time and telling your story. I really, I really appreciate it. Anytime. Hopefully I can come see you guys up in New England. Yeah. Days. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll send out we'll send our our buddies up at the porch your your stuff, um, and they're they're fantastic. They've had they have great great stuff going on over there. So that'd be so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for everything. And um, you know, like I said, this will be out. You know, this is out now, and your single will be out Friday. So everybody listening to this, set your alarms for thursday at midnight and you know go go and listen to it first thing friday when you get up or whatever you're doing and you know keep just keep playing it yes um and if it's not live yet the ability to pre-save is still up on my instagram um and pre-saves um are helpful to artists like me for going to war with that algorithm so yeah yeah if you're feeling generous today yeah take it take it to war listen. guys do yeah. your thing um yeah no, that's awesome thank you so much yeah. for all all the kind words and the great question thanks thanks i appreciate it and um yeah we'll talk super soon absolutely have a all great right, of your day you too thank you bye bye all right, all right. One last shout out to our friends over at GoneCountryHats.com. They are out of Florida. If you've ever seen pictures of me in my cowboy hat, that's where it comes from. GoneCountryHats.com. They have some awesome stuff. Go to their website. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Uh, you know what? In fact, I'm going to go right there right now because I need a new cowboy hat. Check them out. GoneCountryHats.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with Caroline Kidd. Again, thank you so much, Caroline, for being on. Um, such a sweetheart. Such a fun time. Um, her story is just great. You know, I really, really love stories like hers because it just, you know, it's... It, she makes... She comes across as such a... Not that she isn't, you know, but just somebody like you would know, right? Like somebody you grew up with, you know? it's And I love that. I love that. You know, she's had some some success already and you know some some traction and i think like i said at the top of the show i think that traction is is really going to start to snowball here very very soon for her because this is not a voice or a talent you can ignore you know and i i really think that she has the potential and the the chops to to rival some of the some of the female names in country music that we all know, right? I think, hell, I think she could even rival, if not surpass the guys. Um, that's, that's just the fact. She's so talented. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's that for that. Um, we do have a little review here for 
um, the show we went and saw this past weekend. We saw Jason Aldean um, at the Xfinity Center. A big thank you to our friends over at the Xfinity Center for having us. And as always, their wonderful, wonderful hospitality. A um, couple of things I want to mention about the show. One, Corey Kent opened the show. Mitchell Tenpenny was supposed to be the second act. And then obviously Jason Aldean on this tour. Um, Corey Kent was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely great. Um, it was wonderful to see him. I've wanted to see him now for, for a long time. And I'm so happy we got to. Um, in between Corey's sent, set and what was supposed to be Mitchell Tenpenny's set, um, we had some severe, severe storms come through the area. And we all had to evacuate the venue, unfortunately. But fortunately enough, we were able to go back in for Jason Aldean. He was supposed to start at 920. Um, he didn't start till, oh man, closer to 10, I would say. Um, and you know what? Like the true professional he is, he, he played his full set, um, you know, probably till about almost midnight. And it was, it was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this and all that. And I've been keeping my opinion to myself about the whole Jason Aldean um, stuff. And I think I'm going to continue, but I, I absolutely loved his explanation of everything that's been going on and, um, you know, the intro he put in before try that, try that in a small town. Um, we have posted that video to our Instagram and TikTok and all that. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, I think he really, you know, I think he really spoke to the crowd to, in a way that, you know, uh, yeah, I think he just did a wonderful job of it. Anyway, um, but yeah, overall, I, I think this is a, he sounded a lot better than when I saw him the last time. That was probably like five, six years ago now. So, um, honestly, I would see him again, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I like Jason Aldean. You know, some songs are better than others, but hey, whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah, again, think, big thank you to the Xfinity Center for having us, um, the Brian and all the VIP people over there, such, such sweethearts. Thank you all so much for the, for the wonderful hospitality. And it was nice to see our bartender from last summer back again. So that was great. Uh, um, so yeah, guys, again, like I said, it's double shot August. We will have another episode for you on Thursday. Stick around. We will announce who that is tomorrow on our socials. Um, so big thank you to everybody. Jeff, thank you. Caroline, thank you, obviously. Um, and again, follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you know, wherever. Wherever, wherever the socials are, so isn't the Boots & Whiskey Podcast. So until next time, guys, thank you so much. Remember here at the Boots & Whiskey Podcast, it's always real people, real stories real country guys thank you so much keep them boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass till next time cheers y'all good night